Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and recognise the strength, resilience and capacity of the Turrbal and Yagara people in this land. Hey Mel. Hey Taylor. What was the dog's favourite type of homework to do? <laughs> what? A lab report. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. <laughs> walk, walk, hello. Walk, walk, hello. Happy 2020. Happy decade. Happy dogs. I hope dogs are happy. Happy dogs. <laughs> Welcome back to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Taylor. And I am Mel. Oh, you sound very sure about that. <laughs> I've reached self-actualization this year. Oh, uh, resolution. <laughs> tick. <laughs> now what are you going to do? Uh, attain Nirvana. Okay. Isn't that the same thing? Mm, nah. Oh, okay. I thought it was in the same um, tier. On it's probably in the same Maslow's tier. Maslow's hierarchy. But I, I like to wrong. think it's like an, uh, another triangle opens oh. up. Pyramid. It goes upside down. <laughs> yeah. It's like an hourglass. <laughs> this is so abstract if you like dogs. Okay. Welcome back. Do you have a story for us to start I the new year? I do have a story for us. And so we're in Australia. If you have been paying attention to oh, the no. things happening in the world, unfortunately, we are going through really intense yep. bushfires. Oh. It's really weird. In America, they call them wildfires. Oh, yes. Also wild. Wildfires. Which I just imagine they like the, those fires party harder than the like bushfires. <laughs> it's bushfires like dun 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 step dun step. But like wildfires are just like. Burm, 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 burm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not funny, but like <laughs> just the discrepancy of the words makes me laugh. Yes. Uh, so this is a story. The story comes out of the um, out of the fires, but it is a dog doing good things. So. Hey. We are on australiangeographic.com.au and the title of this article, which is written by Angela Heathcote, is Meat Bear, the Koala Detection Dog. Oh, He's a koala detection dog. his name detection. is Bear? Yeah, Bear. <laughs> Cute. Uh, working dogs like Bear find it hard to adapt to a normal domestic life. Luckily, he found a second life as a koala detection dog. Like that video game, Second Life? You remember Second Life? <gasps> I very vaguely remember Second Life. Producer Zane remembers Second Life. He nods. Yeah, he nods. <laughs> he nods in our general direction. <laughs> um, so this article was written in November last year, so November 2019. Uh, but I imagine Bear is still doing good work. Nice. Australian working dogs, blue and red healers, Kelpies and Border Collies are known for their high energy, strong work ethic and good nature. But what happens when they don't quite fit into farm life and also aren't cut out for domestic life? Oh. Meet Bear, the koala detection dog. Did you know I met a, a cat called Bear the other day? <gasps> I've never met a cat called Bear. It was really cute. He was really cute. Was he bear-like? He was very sneaky. I don't know if bears are sneaky. <laughs> 
I guess some biz need to he be was like He was hanging out with two other lady cats, and lady cats were like, meh. And he was like, hate this. So he just would be like sneaking around, like trying to eat their food. So cute. I also avoid contact of various with lady cats to um, just eat their food instead. Yeah, it makes sense. I feel it. Um, uh, so Bear has been deployed to sniff out the iconic marsupial in fire-ravaged areas across the east coast of Australia an important part of the Detection Dogs for Conservation program at the University of the Sunshine Coast. Uh, Romain Christescu, which, holla, that is 100% a Romanian name. What a name. Christescu. Uh, holla to my Romanian. I can Romanian, just hear your dad, like, correcting your pronunciation. <laughs> She's like, Christescu. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Romain is Bear's trainer and she says that before Bear's rescue in 2016 he was acting out he was a very high energy young adult and apparently ate the whole flat he was living in a behaviour that Romain flat? <laughs> as in like everything in it oh he just chomped the I building I was like he ate a whole building how does one do that there's a hole in the block of apartments that's impressive <laughs> as hell where he just chomped um, a behaviour that Romain puts down to boredom which we've talked about before. You got to keep your dogs stimulated. Yes. The Detection Dogs for Conservation program was after high-energy dogs that can happily spend hours in the bush with researchers. An obsession with playing and a soft nature with other animals are also critical to a detection dog's success. Bear was the perfect fit. Aww. I love soft nature with other animals. Soft nature. That's just sweet. Hello, other animals. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Bear is a happy soul, always keen to be on the move and do something, says Romain. His worst nightmare is to be left behind when you go to work. Aww. Luckily for him, we're allowed to bring our dogs to work every day. Cute. Cute. Uh, there's a great photo of him. I think he he kind of looks like an Australian Shepherd. Did they say what breed he was? They just talked about blue and red healers, Kelpies and Border Collies. He kind of looks like an Australian Shepherd, but with short hair. You're better at deducing breeds than I am, so I'll let you handle that one. Hard to tell, but he has gorgeous blue eyes, and in his photo, he's wearing, like, little little red socks. Little red bush socks. Oh, he is. He's wearing <laughs> little fire mittens. <laughs> he's got to so protect those mittens. <laughs> All up, the program has five dogs, with two of those dogs dedicated to sniffing out koala scats, officially known as koala habitat detection dogs. Not the scats, the dogs. Yeah, I was like, that's what I thought you meant. I was like, wow, that's a long name for scats. Uh, Bear isn't usually deployed in dangerous settings like the bushfires we've seen recently. Rather, his sniffing skills are used for research purposes. The idea for a koala detection dog came about when Romain was... Here we go, 2020. Love it. (laughs) New Year, same stutter. The... Uh, came when Romaine was searching for koala scats for her PhD, spending countless hours on all fours, scrambling through the leaf litter in search of the precious poop. That gave oh, me a wait, lot of time. That's what we're going with? We're going with the precious poop. <laughs> the precious poop. Okay. <laughs> that gave me a lot of time to think of a better way. One that was possibly four-legged, Romaine says. Little did I know at the time that others had been working with dogs to help conservation in the past. What? Little did I... At the time, others had been working with dogs to help conservation in the past, but as far as I know, never before for koala scats. In 2015, Romaine and her colleagues published a paper in Nature, as in Nature is the magazine. They didn't just like throw a paper into Nature. Uh, detailing, 
Thank you for the clarification. You're welcome. <laughs> Detailing how the koala habitat detection dogs had a 100% success rate in finding the scats, while humans were found to miss around 30% of the sites, which impacted robust data on koala distribution. With the help of our four-legged team, we are tackling some big research questions, such as the impact of fragmentation on genetics of the koalas and how to maximize habitat rehabilitation benefits, says Remain. We also work closely with government and industry partners to feed robust data into their management strategies, but also on-the-ground actions, such as protecting wildlife during habitat clearing. We also partner with non-for-profit to help with animal welfare, such as finding sick or injured animals. Bears sponsors the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Welfare. <laughs> You're nailing it. You're nailing it. Keep Thank it going. You. Believed his talents in locating sick and injured koalas for wildlife carers in the past could be put to good use following the devastating bushfires. According to the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital, around 350 koalas have died in the fires. This was as of uh, November 2019. The fact that koala populations in New South Wales and Queensland were already under pressure prior to the fire from land clearing, attacks from domestic animals and climate change, has scientists worried about populations going forward. Bear has only been deployed in a few areas yet, and there are still many places unsafe for us to go. In those areas, he hasn't found survivors, which could mean the fires were so hot there isn't any trace left of koalas. Or, hopefully, that koalas have either moved ahead of the fire front and into safer areas, or have been rescued already. Beyond his important work during these devastating bushfires, Bear has a long career ahead of him, assisting scientists like Romaine with conserving Australia's Aww. koalas. He's a career pack. career. Right? Even professional koala spotters can miss up to 80% of koalas during searches. This isn't good news for a vulnerable species. This is the reason we are constantly trialling new methodologies. Bear is a very attractive and entertaining one. <laughs> That's like his little, his little doggy dating profile so or is like LinkedIn <laughs> oh that was the end of the article I was just oh. excited <laughs> hang on hang on cute bear is a very attractive and entertaining one oh ba, 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 ba. is it the Maccas theme <laughs> ba, 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 ba. that was pretty close Maccas please sponsor us please sponsor us <laughs> I want some f- nuggets nugs nugs oh now I want nuggets oh sorry it's like 10 in the morning, but I still want nuggets. <laughs> uh, yeah, bear the koala detection dog. Doing That's very, very important nice. work. Sniffing out poop <laughs> and things. It's a skill. Hmm. Um, I was just going to mention, because I, I did mention the fires in Australia, just a quick how you can help those affected yeah. um, by the Australian bushfires, uh, which you can find you can find extensive uh, links and, and ways to help, like donating, places to donate. Uh, like blankets and supplies and stuff too. Online, do search that. But I just wanted to give a quick little... There's lots of places you can donate, but just make sure it's a Reputable. verified one. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so you can do the Australian Red Cross, St. Fin- uh, Vincent de Paul Society Bushfire Appeal in New South Wales, Victorian Bushfire Appeal Seed, which is dedicated to helping the country's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander youths fight in the movement for climate justice, uh, Salvation Army, State... Emergency Relief Fund or SURF, Fire Relief Fund for First Nations Communities, uh, and then Firefighter Relief, so the New South Wales Rural Fire Service, the Celeste Barber Facebook fundraiser, which got quite a lot of attention. Yeah, that did get a lot of attention. Um, All sorts of things, but I will chuck this article with links. Oh, it's actually the Oprah Magazine website. There are better places, but I'll uh, chuck them in the show notes. Cool. 
that you're doing now. Yeah, that I just realized I will need to learn how to do. Um, yes. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and then do your own research. But yeah, help the animals. Yay, we dogs. love dogs, but we love animals. Yay. We love animals also. We love them all. You know what we love? What do we love? Doge de Bordeaux. Oh, uh, <laughs> You didn't cue the horn, did I you? I forgot the horn. <laughs> Sorry. I got told the other day that my R&B horn's really bad and I was very offended. <gasps> I have a great R&B horn. I know for a fact you have a great R&B Thank horn. Thank you so much. I was uh, very upset. Did you say dog de Bordeaux? Yeah. Dog. I mean, I said doge. Which I'm pretty sure is incorrect. <laughs> it's a meme. But it's D-O-G-U-E, the Bordeaux. Or French Mastiff. Oh, yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us They're so him. cute. They have like a hectic face. Hectic? <laughs> what does that mean? Look them up. They're just like, there's just a lot going on in their face. It's just like slapped a dog right on their face. <laughs> slapped dog oh they, i've misspelled it so now i can't oh, find it dog. it's really cute like they have a really nice like simple body but then their face is like dog <laughs> you know what I, I mean oh it's very mastiff very squish. droop very squish if you see them with their tongue out as well they're just like extra Mleh. doge such doge oh they're so squishy yeah they're one of the oldest french dog breeds wow yeah typical brassophilic Oh, no, I definitely messed that up. Bra- <laughs> Brachycephalic mosoloid type breed. Molosoid. I can't read. Go look it up. Whoa. The Bordeaux is a powerful dog with a very muscular body. Um, they're often put to work from pulling carts, hauling heavy objects, guarding flocks, and historically the um, the castles of the European elite. Oh. Mm, guard dogs. Fancy. Which makes sense for a Fancy guard dogs. They can weigh 68 plus kilos. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is approximately what I weigh. <laughs> <laughs> they big boys. That's so, heavy for a dog. They're pretty heavy. Good grief. The ladies weigh slightly less. Ladies. But the, yeah, the male doges, 68 plus or 150 pounds if you're um American. Um, I or just from Laos. Up- I believe Laos also uses the imperial system. <laughs> That's good to know. I might be wrong, but... Um, I looked up that weird set of words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, brachycephalic Yeah, that's better than what I said. Have a skull that is rel- relatively broad and short. Yep, makes sense. Um, so, like, pugs also have them. Yeah. Pugs are extreme brachycephalic. <laughs> um, and then molossus is just uh, mastiffs. Oh, cool. Working wrong. Essentially. <laughs> that might be wrong. <laughs> so they were they were originally bred with huge heads. <laughs> this is li- the verbatim I'm reading the history. Love it. Um, a pioneer for the breed in Germany, Werner Pragschgat, once wrote, what am I supposed to do with a dog that has a monstrous skull? And is it most able to carry it from the food dish to its bed? <laughs> My goodness, those poor dogs. That's what he said. That's the breeder. I heard that was like a gross... But he was a pioneer for the breed. And he's like, what am I going to do with this dog? (laughs) I don't know why he's American. Why did I make this? But he's German. But anyway. Why did I make this? Why did I make this dog? (laughs) Very weird. So they were were known in France as early as the 14th century, particularly in southern France, Mm. in the region around Bordeaux. Oh, of course. Hence, Doge de Bordeaux. Um. 
I know it's definitely Dogue, but I like saying Dogue. <laughs> the breed was first exhibited in France in 1863, after which time it gained popularity not only in the home country of France, but other parts of the world. Um, the first record of them in the UK can be seen in the Kennel Club Gazette in 1897. Um, and the breed was officially recognised by the UK Kennel Club in 1997, um, but not until 2001, so really quite recently, oh. that it was accepted as an interim breed standard. Um, a uniform breed type of the Bordeaux dog did not exist before about 1920. The basically the French Mastiff was at one time known to come in two variety: dogs and dogins. <laughs> Is one smaller? I don't know. Ah, yes. One, the dog being considerably larger, the smaller Dogin has withered away to nothing more than a mention in breed history books and is no longer in existence. Oh, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry you've withered away, small dog. Yeah. But that's... Oh, look at the puppy. Look up a puppy. It's really cute. Happening right now. Um, Well-balanced, muscular, and massive dog with powerful build. The distance from the deepest point of the chest to the ground is slightly less than the depth of the chest. There's a math problem. Yeah. <laughs> How many oranges do you have? <laughs> a massive head with proper proportions and features is an important characteristic of the breed. Um, it's somewhat set low to the ground and is not tall like the English Mastiff. So the body is thick set with a top line that has a slight dip and a gentle rounded croup. A croup? Croup. What's a croup? I don't remember. It's something about the head, I think. That would make sense because of nope. the... Maybe oh. it's the butt. Maybe I'm... <laughs> No, it's rump. <laughs> I was exactly wrong. Oop. It's the exact opposite. Wrong end. Um, so the breed standards specify a minimum weight of 45 kilos for a female and 50 kilos for a male. Holy moly. A minimum if they're bred properly. Yeah. Um, there's no formally stated maximum weight, but dogs must be balanced with regard to their overall type. So they type. So they can't oh. be chonkers. Well, yeah. Not chunkers. <laughs> Not chunkers, please. Not chunkers. The massive head is a crucial breed characteristic. <laughs> they really are driving that they're point. Really, <laughs> they're really focused on the head. Um, claim to have the largest head in the canine world in proportion to the rest of the body. Oh. So obviously it's not as big as like, I don't know, St. Bernard. Yeah. But proportionately, the yes, biggest the biggest head. <laughs> So for males, the circumference of the head measured at the widest point of the skull is roughly equal to the dog's height at the withers. So as wide as their shoulders are <laughs> is as big as their head is. <laughs> I love They're this. They're just big. Um, the jaw is undershot and powerful. They should always have a black or red mask that can be distinguished from the rest of the coat under the nose, including the lips and eye rims. So you know how like Homer Simpson has that weird brown bit? Yeah. They kind of have like one muzzled. of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of accurate. Um, the nose in red masked dogs should be brown and in black masked dogs, it should be black. Right. Don't know why. Sure. That's what it says. Mm. So there you go. There's lots of details. I'm not going to keep going on with the details. <laughs> um, there's also some sad facts about reproduction. Oh, um, the from data from the Norwegian Kennel Club indicates an average litter size of eight point one puppies. Always <laughs> odd. <laughs> odd. To it's like people average have, it. People have approximately two and a half children. It's like <laughs> just have one running around with legs and no head. Or like <laughs> so weird. Um, but the breed has a really high stillborn and early neonatal mortality oh, rate. Oh no. Yeah, because of its weird makeup, its large head. Maybe it's probably. I guess it has something 
to do with the large head. And I guess if you're sharing a womb with seven of the puppies, 7.1 of the puppies, (laughs) then, um, yeah, maybe it's hard to nourish that size. Yeah, at a little age. I don't know. Such an odd thing. Um, But yeah, this, this, um, so excluding stillborn and early deaths, the mean litter size is 6.1. So they usually, yeah, wow. 14% 14% of puppies. Poor doggos. Yeah, so that's kind of a sad fact. Yeah. Um, they have a couple of breeding issues. While larger mm. breeds of canine tend to have a shorter life expectancy, though, the life expectancy is still shorter than even breeds of comparable or larger size. So they don't live that long. Yeah. Which is sad. But they do live a good life. It does say 8 to 10 years, which yeah. is kind of standard for a big dog but apparently it's a bit more on the small size and then in terms of like classifications and standards they're in like working groups utility groups Mm -hmm. guardian dogs Mm -hmm. you can look up all that stuff if you're interested Hmm. so yeah that's um that's pretty much the dog the dog the the head is the large (laughs) in case you missed it this dog has a large large head head. (laughs) the upper lip hangs thickly down over the lower jaw that sounds kind of like, like poetry. It's like a giant mustache of skin. <laughs> like um, Jake the dog in Adventure Time, for anyone that yeah, gets that reference. Yeah, actually kind of. Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Maybe he's a so, dog. Yeah, I don't know that they're especially good like family dogs. I think they're classically quite like working dogs. Yeah, yeah. It says they're guarding breeds at heart, so they're strongly in de- they're strongly bonded to the individuals. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of accounts say they're not super good with children, okay? Because they they kind of guard dogs and they bond with like an adult, yeah. So probably not a good one if you're looking for a family dog, yeah, or, or a household dog. Kids. But if you're kind of like one dude, maybe you and a partner, mm. um could be a good guard dog yeah if you have a large mansion or something maybe yeah. get yourself a, a french mastiff um that's all i got i love it it's so cute it's so cute i just i don't know i felt like doing something french today so that's oh that's feeling where a bit i french. ended up yeah yeah um i found a picture of a puppy that i put into the podcast chat that maybe kind of reminds me of dr phil <laughs> It's like a puppy. It looks like it's smiling, but it's so wrinkly and it's like head on. Ah! I'll post that on Instagram. Yeah, please do. Because it just, it looks like it is a therapist dog. That's so funny. <laughs> Not a therapy dog. Like the person you pay to talk to, that's the no, dog. No, like, oh yeah, it looks like he a therapist. Is the therapist. It's like, all right, Alyssa, what's going on with you today? <laughs> How's this week been for you? Uh, so good. Well. I was going to try and think of a segue, but you know what? Can't be bothered. <laughs> That's where we're at, 2020. Deal with it. Um, so I I wanted to look for a WikiHow article because the photos are- I the love pictures. a WikiHow. They're always like super silly, um, which is not helpful for you, dear listener, because you cannot see the pictures, but you can look it up in the show notes. Um, anyway, I didn't fa- find anything particularly funny. I thought there was one article that was like, how to open a dog cafe. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then it was like serious, it was like serious, you like, need insurance. You need. And I was like, oh. So <laughs> the next best thing is how to become a professional dog walker. Oh, we just got a message from Tom. Tom, our previous Tom. No, your Tom. Tom Lockett. Yeah, he just replied to our story. He said, yeah. Hey, shout out to one of our number Shouts one out fans, Tom. Tom Lockett. 
very vocal on social media, you too can get a shout out if you are vocal. If you reply, reply to our story or comment on our post. Yeah. I'll, I'll shout you out. No last name. For sure. No surnames. So, how to become a professional dog walker. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. So I missed the, I missed the headline. I yeah, just got yeah. the dog cafe. No. I was going to complain about insurance and I thought, nah, no one needs to hear that. <laughs> no, this one's about uh, dog walking. Yay. Um, and just so you know, it was ap- updated on January 1st, 2020. Oh, good. So it's current. It's current. And you dabble in this profession, do you not? I do dabble in this profession. I do so have uh, pet have services that I offer. Expert. Well. Opinion. I mean. Yes. In For the services that I get called for, it's more like dog sitting and like uh, daycare and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't get a lot of people that are like, please walk my dog every day. But also I don't apply to things that are like, please walk my dog every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless they're like next door. I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. That sounds fun. Yeah. But if I have to, anyway, not important. <laughs> if you want to do that. <laughs> this is how you do it. Yeah. This is how you do it. Walking dogs for a living is more than just pulling on a leash and get, don't pull on a leash if you're walking dogs. What an awful way to start that article. Um, but anyway, more than just pulling on a leash and getting some exercise, you need to be a dog lover who is in tune with the canine ways and ready to run a business. It can be re- it can be a rewarding job for a dedicated person who is well organized, professional, and human, and furry client oriented. Sorry, dogs, you cannot have a dog walking. Business. <laughs> Hi, I'd like to request a dog. Actually, well, I'd like a French mastiff to walk my dog, please, because <laughs> I know they're not going to get attacked. Um, That'd be so good. Can you have you seen those like videos of dogs? They're just like their leashes tied to each other, and they just like walk down the yeah. street. So cute. Really sweet. Really or even cute. if the dog, one of the dogs is holding the leash in its mouth. It's like, oh, you think you're people. You're not. No. And but you it's so cute. Yeah, it's so cute. You can't be a dog walker according to this wiki house. Sorry, dogs. Anyway, part one is getting your foot in the door. So start walking or pet sitting for your friends or neighbors. Um, and mention to yeah, them. Get some experience. Get some experience close to home. Yeah. I'd say even before this, <laughs> already interrupting this article, even before this. <laughs> Excuse me. It's probably worth looking up some guides on reading dog body language. Uh, this yeah. is assuming you're not already familiar with it. Or just listen to our entire catalogue. Yeah. You'll be well prepared. Oh, we're very helpful. We're very helpful. <laughs> uh, just, uh, and getting yourself familiar with how people walk dogs in a considerate way so unlike the side of this article don't yank on the leash or whatever you want to be you know what i mean you know how people are like i saw someone i drove past someone the other day yeah Yeah. i like i drove past just this couple with this like small dog it was a puppy even that was like gonna cross the road and instead of like gently pulling it back it wasn't like on the road it was getting ready to go yeah but instead of like pulling back or telling him to sit they just yanked it i was like Ah! <laughs> I was about to Obviously, yell out my Obviously, if they're window. in danger, oh, yank yes. away. Like, save their life. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, well, we better not yank it. Run over. Yeah. But, like... But it was still on the footpath. If you're training, you want to encourage them to stop on their own without pulling them. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, my 0.5 tip before tip number one is uh, get familiar with good dog walking practices, training, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, oh no, I can't scroll. Oh no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, step number two is consider joining an agency. So that is what I do. I do my pet services through a website, but the issue with these websites is that they take commission. Yep. 
um, sometimes up to like 20%, which yeah. is not a lot if you're spending, if you're charging like $20 for a walk or $10 for a walk. It depends how, how much you fancy yourself able to network, I guess. Yeah. If you, if you really, oh, I'm sorry. I hit my microphone. <laughs> if you're really good at like building a name for yourself mm. and you get, you're happy to spread good word of mouth or yeah. do flyer drops or whatever. If you feel like you can do that on your own mm-hmm. and put the time into it. Mm-hmm cool go do that and then you won't be paying commission yeah. but in general to build up any kind of momentum for a business you you may need an agent yeah and this is what it's good for it's essentially just like a facebook but for oh not even a facebook it's like a seek oh seek is australian it's like a job site <laughs> that is just for people yeah. doing pet services yeah and people it's can search for people like a like a craigslist but specific to yeah. searching for do- like dog sitters and yeah stuff. or dog walkers yeah um so Oh, and the other benefit is that they handle all the legal stuff. Um, like your insurance and stuff? Yeah, insurance. And often they will have uh, like a training module that you just have to step through. Like the one that I'm with has an RSPCA approved kind of like training thing that you do over just like a couple of days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, gives you a little qualification. Plus uh, potential clients can see whether you have like a police check and you have reliable contact information and stuff like that it just makes it generally makes the client feel more at ease yeah but again if you have good word of mouth and you're willing to i don't know post on facebook and start within your circles and then go out from there also some, great yeah some people i think create a facebook page yeah. like you know mel's dog walking service yeah. or um whatever and and they'll build from there yeah and if you if you really have the time and energy to make that a, a good page and and promote yourself then that's that's a great option but some yeah. people feel like they they want to concentrate on the work and not the promoting so yeah so it's depends. whatever you prefer really um our step three is consider licensure licensure having a license licensure <laughs> is a word apparently uh, <laughs> or certification um I believe you. which you can get there's a place called the canine club academy offer full tuition scholarships for um dog handling certification that's probably american um i'm sure we have lots of different types Mm -hmm. around uh in australia as well just make sure you check it out before you're doing anything scholarshipy or promisey yeah yeah um but you can get some training in dog handling um if you want to expand on the business and do dog grooming there's like i know in australia there's like cert three in dog grooming and stuff like that um certain places will also help you in starting your own business giving you that like business information and um that kind of thing oh there's a place called dog tech in you in the u.s and british columbia uh that whose classes last four days and are in oh the u.s and british columbia i just said that <laughs> anyway I consider like, consider getting certified in something you don't necessarily need to it's just about whatever you're comfortable with and whatever makes your clients uh happy Step number four is know the ins and outs of your city because you're becoming a dog walker. Um, you're going to be walking dogs around your place, around your area. So it's good to know, one, uh, what your city's laws are when it comes to dogs and their walkers. Like some cities require dog walkers to be insured, um, which if you're with an agency, they'll take care of that for you generally anyway. Yep. Um, it's also important to know your city's layout. The less you're driving around wasting money on gas, the better. <laughs> I guess true. Yeah. Yeah. Good for the environment too. Um, know the parks, know the hidden hideaway spots, the dog parks and maybe like dog beaches and just and maybe the best time to go as well. Because yeah. there's a big difference between when the park is full, when the park is empty, yes. peak times, hot times, all those kinds of things. 100%. Um, 
Step five has the same picture as step one. Wiki how? What are you doing? Wiki how? It just says getting good with your human clients, which we talked about a little bit about. Um, just networking and making the clients feel comfortable and uh, marketing, essentially. And then step six, which is my favorite. It's just this cute little picture of a dog licking a human. <laughs> um, <laughs> love and understand your canine clients. Aww. Which again, I still would have think maybe would have been a good first step, but let's read yeah, that's, on. I was actually like, oh, why isn't that higher up? Yeah. Uh, you need to love dogs to have a successful career with dogs. Yes. It's as simple as that. Dogs sense I think you need to love anything people. to have a successful career in it. Yeah. Also, well, not, maybe not. Maybe you can be not, successful at something you hate, but yeah. if you want to be happy while you do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably recommended that you actually like what you do. Mm. Um, and recommended that you love dogs if you want to be a dog walker. Because you're you spending a lot dogs, of time. Be a dog walker. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I had a song in my head that goes, it takes a lady, a uh-huh. lady. <laughs> but I was trying to make it dogs and I was just too late. Oh, that was cute. That was cute. Um <laughs> Uh, there are some important considerations, uh, including, do you know as much as possible about dogs? Know as much as you can, yes. not just from your own experience with them, Taylor does. Oh. <laughs> but also from reading and speaking to the owners and your local vet. That's a really important thing. If you are, uh, I would suggest doing meet and greets with dogs before you go dog walking um, to make sure that you're compatible with them, that you can handle them, that they're not like too strong for you or whatever. Yes. Um, but you also, often will do a meet and greet if we have any dogs yeah. stay with us first. Yeah. Just to make sure they don't bring them over. too much or yeah. hate the house or something weird. Yeah. And that they don't freak out about us. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't panic. It's important they feel comfortable around yeah, you. For sure. Um, and then if you're doing dog walking, if you're talking to the owner, it's good to know like how many poop bags to bring. For example, if you don't have like a roll of unlimited poop bags. <laughs> Like I know, unlimited. It just I know. Poppy never ends. will do three oh, poops the worst. in a walk minimum. Poppy's the worst for it. And then I know that when I was walking, your parent, uh, my parents, no, just <laughs> walk gonna, my parents. I was gonna say your parents' dogs, but it wasn't. It was your your nana's. Oh, my nana's mom's. dog Molly. Yeah. yeah. When I was walking them, I knew that Zola would do a little spin before she pooped, which yep. is just a nice thing Zola, to know. Zola gives you a warning. Zola starts spinning before she needs to poop. It's so cute. It's really funny. Um, but asking things like that from the dog's owner is always really nice uh, and makes sure you are prepared. Yep. And then also helps you find, keeps the dog safe. Like if they're not good around other dogs, it's good to know. Um, also, how many dogs can you walk at one time? I don't know how much of a problem Ooh, this is generally. Have you seen those like TV shows where they're walking like seven dogs? Yeah, I've like, seen how that. How do you do that? I've seen that in New York. Like the, people do a legit it? thing. Yeah, damn. Just like. Yeah, seven. Seven is a good number. Just seven like is crazy. Seven dogs. They just have a pack of dogs that they're walking. There's an episode of Gilmore Girls <laughs> where Kirk, he starts a dog minding business, but he <laughs> he teaches the dogs how to play hide and seek. So he lets one go and oh, they all have my to, goodness. like, they all, all, he hides with the other dogs and then the, other, the dog he set loose has to find them. It's horrible. He ends up losing a dog, but it's like, it's so funny. And Luke's like, are you ever the one that gets set loose? And he's like, yeah, I just went. <laughs> he just like, he leaves them and then like hides. Like, oh, it's so funny. I need to watch this episode. It's a good episode. Um, other things to inc- other things to consider include uh, knowing which breeds of dogs might not be compatible with each other. I don't know about breeds, but just knowing which dogs are compatible or not compatible mm. with each other. Sometimes you get a really big dog and a really little dog and they just don't yeah. work together. Yeah. Um, 
whether you know what to do when a dog is in heat, uh, how to handle a dog that suddenly turns aggressive or gets spooked. Um, And obviously, do you know how to poop scoop? Because that is a solid part of the dog walking job (laughs) is scoop and poop. Yep. Yeah. I like the old hand in the bag, pick it up, turn it inside out. Yeah. It's a classic. It's a classic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's essentially it. Nice. Yeah. Just like, oh, and it says get into shape as number eight. Get yourself a good pair of shoes. I don't know. Oh, if you do it walking. Make sure you're looking after you to look after dogs. You can't pour from an empty cup. Can't pour from an empty cup. And we're going to leave it there. That's perfect. I love that. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes, we are. You can check us out if you search FL. Sorry, my coffee came up. F L double O F and P U double P E R podcast. Um, oh, oh, we just got a notification. Hello, we see you. <laughs> um, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, thanks to That's Not Canon Productions. Thank you for hosting us. Where you can check out their website, that's not canon.com or tnc.com. Mm. I think that's right. Um, Zay nodding. He's behind me. Um, he is nodding. Yes, Yay, correct. TNC.com. Uh, we also have an email address, you guys. You can send us emails if that's what you want to do. Just like talk to us about dogs. I will 100% respond with more dog enthusing. So like send us an email. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> we also have merch too. So um, yeah, you guys, we have merch. Yeah. So if you're a, you're, if you're a hardcore fan, um, head on over to the, the TNC website. That's not canon. And um. Yeah, you can get some some merch with us on it, including dog bandanas. Love that. Which is so cute. So cute. That's it. That's it for us. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Stay stay, stay, stay safe, especially if you're in Australia and the bushfires. Or anywhere in the or world. anywhere in the world where, where crazy all the is happening. stuff's going on. And just in general, stay safe. Here, yeah. Guys. Feel good. Pet a dog. Look after your mental health. Book book goodbye. Book book <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.